Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. And my guest today is Sean Waters and we have joined each other on Skype. And our topic is Power of Why. Uh, Sean runs a stressless clinic and um, he is a colleague of mine and he has become a trusted friend. Although I must admit he does make me question life a lot. He's um, He definitely is somebody who challenges me to keep my brain occupied by sending me unbelievable work of his. I was smiling as that that song was being sung I, uh, I don't know who chose it but I was thinking about you sending me a, 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 um, a paper in February this year, it was called The Neurobiology of Relationships and How Love Affects Your Brain and Your Body so it was quite a good uh, song to start with let me just tell you a bit more about Sean, he's the founder of the Stressless Clinic in, in Johannesburg, he's a stress, stress specialist practitioner, he's a diplomat of the American Institute of, of Stress and a diplomat educator and administrator in logotherapy in, in South Africa, um, he is a, a member, a committee member of the Society for the Advancement of Psychotherapy and he's also a student facilitator in psychoimmunology and a researcher and an author. Welcome Sean, how are you today? Thank you so much Sue for this invitation, uh, I'm truly humbled <clears throat> and my, my whole idea is to uh, brighten up life in the best way that I can, especially in these uncertain times, and to put a smile on the doll, as they say. So, thank you. Well, I'm smiling at you, and our topic is today the power of why. And quite honestly, in the brokenness of the world, it is very easy to be disheartened. And if you've just listened to the new, any news, you hear the COVID numbers rise. Now, Sean, one of your your passions is finding our why and then knowing how to actually find a bit of calm in the chaos in that and you know I know that Leonardo da Vinci is one of your favorites and he says all our knowledge has its origins in our perceptions that is absolutely correct uh, Leonardo da Vinci is one of my my heroes and uh, so is uh, the late Edward de Bono, who passed away on the 6th of June of this year as well. Uh, so he, his concept of de Bono was related to lateral thinking, whereas da Vinci, obviously, he used to have these diaries, uh, which he used to fill out wherever he was, wherever he, uh, he uh, used to look at things and write them and sketch them. And if you know that da Vinci actually uh, sketched a helicopter, and if you look at the sketch of his helicopter and you look at Curiosity on Mars at the moment, it's amazing that after all those years, uh, we have two helicopters, one now and one way, way back. Um, so both of them uh, inspire me, uh, De Bono and uh, with uh, Da Vinci. Da Vinci, of course, uh, is visual. Um, he also did anatomy um, uh, pictures and drawings. 
And today I actually copy uh, Da Vinci in having my little book next to me all the time uh, in terms of writing and drawing whatever I need to do. And uh, the funny thing is it's even next to my bed. So uh, when I want to write something or have a, a spark of thought, I do it there. The only problem is I can't do it in the shower. So I'm looking for a waterproof <laughs> diary at this stage. <laughs> so if anyone wants to tell Sean about a waterproof diary, please do so. You know, you talk about that. I, I must admit, I actually I have a journal, but I seem to find little pieces of paper wherever I am, and I write my little notes on them. So I've got these boxes of little notes. I, I really need you to help me put them into place. Um, you know, Viktor Frankl said that he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. And I think in today's world, we are being challenged to find a why and a, a why of who we are. Why are we here at this particular time when the world is, is a, 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 you know, in chaos at the moment? And we are definitely tasked with becoming the best person we can become. In, in this and in asking why are we here? Um, who are we to become? Why me? Why now? You know, those are the normal questions. What, what have you got to say about that? Why is related to our thinking. We're thinking is uh, conceiving, envisaging, imagining, realizing ideas, reflection. In the process of considering or reasoning about something using thought or rational judgment, uh, intelligent. And uh, based on that, um, when I was doing my research uh, with, with thinking and inspired by Da Vinci, I thought, well, there must be a whole lot more to this. And uh, obviously, it's related to neuroscience, and I'm not going to go into that at this point in time. But in terms of the prefrontal context, uh, cortex, this is where it all starts. And also, we have a left hemisphere and a right hemisphere. And as we know, the right hemisphere is the one uh, of, of creating things, and the left hemisphere is the one of more logic and analytical. And it's a combination of these two hemispheres that are where we are at the moment, and that's how we operate as a human being. But we need to have both. And I think the one that inspires me the most and the one inspired Da Vinci was the creative side. And the creative side is great, and it does all of the creative side of things, but we need to have some logic in it. So the combination of the two of logic related to that. So when, for example, we have wonderful creative people putting together a new product, they have incredible thought processing and in called what we've also called speed thinking of putting the product together. But the problem is that how do we actually get the product into being made into a manufacturer, into production? And that's where the logical side comes into it. So when we have the question of why, is why is this happening? What and how can we put it together? So why is, is one of the, is a question, of course, but what and how and what will be the outcome of it? And I think that one of the things of why is always putting yourself in somebody else's shoes or question what it is you're questioning. So you need to know what it is. So, for example, if I'm looking at a particular uh, question about how is this made, I'm trying to put myself into thinking in, in, my, in my mind as to how that product was actually made. What made them? What sparked the why? Why should this be relevant? Why is there a need for this? Um, and that's the kind of where I'm going with, with the why question. And if you don't ask why, you will never discover the world. And I think that that's the, one of the things of discovering ex exploration is asking the question why. And unfortunately, we get spoiled visually, especially with technology at the moment. 
that we don't always have to ask the question why. But I think very often, in terms of what I call a digital detox, it's good to actually just let your mind just think about things and to write them down. Because visual is one thing, but it's also to have that imagination in your, your head to put it onto paper. Mm, I have to agree with you there. And, you know, I was thinking about Socrates and how Socrates, uh, his type of dialogue. Now, I would like to ask you, what do you think about actually being in a group of people asking the why, uh, whether it's in business, whether it's in self-development? How, how do you think it would work either in, in doing that, that we are uh, questioning in a group and we all come up with different answers, or questioning ourselves. In actual fact, I'm going to have to get back to that in a moment. Um, thank you. This is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with my guest today, Sean Waters, and we're discussing the power of now. And just before we went to break, I was talking about Socrates his way of questioning, his dialogue, which was there were different ways of clarifying the concepts, probing our assumptions, probing our reasons and our rationale and our evidence, questioning viewpoints and perspectives, uh, questioning the question even. Um, Sean, what do you think about that as we do it privately, one-on-one? I mean, one uh, with ourselves or with other people? Well, Sue, we need to understand that our thoughts determine how we feel and act. And is it a challenge that uh, with our beliefs, then we should challenge that. However, questioning our thoughts is based on the belief system, which unfortunately doesn't always uh, agree with everyone's beliefs. So that could be extremely challenging. In fact, could cause absolute pandemonium. Because these belief system of clashes is also added by the fact that there are various personality types where some people are introverted in a crowd and some people are extroverted in a crowd. So it's a very difficult situation to have. So in the Socrates method, um, that can be done and should be done individually or in a group. But as we know, there's the Socratic method, not necessarily the logotherapy type of Socrates method, but uh, the normal Socratic method is used in court cases. Uh, where attorneys and lawyers use basically the Socratic method to to question. So that's a fourth question in terms of where we are. I prefer to have what I call a questioning and not an interrogation. So a soft interrogation, if you really want to get the real answer, should be on an individual basis. Um, That's really what I feel should be because you'll get the person with their own belief system to be quietly and will answer you in the way that they should be answering you. Of course, we also need to take into account if we can uh, the body language and the facial expressions also assists us in asking the question why. Because you can see from the facial expressions of is the person uh, processing this in a way that you can read it and understand it or that they understand. So I think that also is very important to see in an individual the facial expressions because you'll see in a group people uh, who are introverted will not open up unless they are asked to actually open up. So once again, you can see in a group, those would hold the, uh, put the, across their arms and, and be, and close themselves off 
but they must have the most incredible thought thinking patterns. And those are the people I like to take out and because they normally are the most creative thinking people, but not necessarily the most logical people. Mm, that's so true. And they need that, that encouragement and they need also to be recognized as, as having their own strengths. And I think that's often where we fall down if we are in a group, uh, that those people who are sort of slipping into the back of it are left there. Now, you talk about creating your identity and your fingerprint, knowing our values, strengths and goals. And, you know, the, what, one of the things you say is, did you know that not only is your physical fingerprint your identity, but so too your values, strengths and goals, which determine our psychological and our behavioral fingerprint and our ID. Tell me a bit about that identity. Well, that identity I call are your vital signs. So, so vital stands for V for values, I for interests, T for temperament, A for around the clock in terms of your, your biorhythm activities, and um, L for life mission and meaningful goals, ending with an S, which is the most important of your strengths. So yes. you need to know your vital signs. And if you know your vital signs, that gives you an identity. Then one of the most important things is obviously aligning your values with your strengths. So very often we know about our weaknesses and we know where we're going wrong in negativity. So what I ask uh, my clients to do is to write down in five, in one minute five values that they have and stand by, and then I give them another minute to write down their strengths in one minute. And you'll be amazed how difficult it is to write down five strengths in one minute. But if I ask you to write down in one minute your uh, your negatives, you'll write probably 20 down. So that's what people seem to lose sight of, is aligning their values as well as their, their strengths. And one of these exercises should be done probably once a year, because our values change, things change in our life, but your strengths, interestingly enough, won't change. You know, that is so true, especially in this time of COVID. I have noticed how people have changed so much. People who used to be extroverts have become more introverted and are looking at themselves in a different way. And um, people who are were always introverted are suddenly saying they cannot believe how they've got to now be stuck at home all the time, whereas before they actually chose to be. So you're quite right. I think life is continuously questioning us and saying, well, actually, who are you right now and who do you want to be? Now, the other thing that you, you actually said is um, what exactly do you know about yourself? So you talked about the reason why we need to know more, and it goes into our coping skills. So how would we use that right now? You, you talk about finding less inner conflict once we begin to know ourselves a bit better. If, if I can understand what, what you're trying to ask me is that if you ask the question why and it's conflicted, is that you are uh, presuming or that you are anticipating an answer. And I think that is a, a quite a serious problem is when we anticipate an answer. Um, it's called anticipatory anxiety of something that we want. Mm. And I think that that's where sometimes we don't concretize, if I may use that word, of grounding of what it is. And we're too anxious. Um, so the, 
when we're in COVID right now, uh, we have FOMO, the fear of missing out. We want to know what the statistics were of how many um, have been infected and how many have died. And we obsess about this and talk about this the whole day in and out. But if we used what we call attention management and allocated a time related to that for maybe five minutes or ten minutes a day, we might live a better day. And I, and I think that that FOMO is overtaken us in so many ways, especially with media, um, where the statistics is the most important thing on the bar underneath uh, the, uh, the screen, where it tells you how many deaths and whatever. But quite honestly, the most important numbers you should do is to look at the recovery rate. Look at how many people have recovered. Never mind how many people are infected. That's bad, of course. But there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the satisfaction of knowing how many people recovered, now my brain can actually be satisfied with what it sees. So because you're brain, saying we need to feed our brain with positivity within the negativity. Correct. Absolutely. So the, neg- the, the negative brain or the negative bias of the brain is obviously what it wants wants to do. It loves the negative bias, and it even has its own uh, responder. So we, the stress response is based on the HPA axis, where we have the fight, flight, or freeze aspect. So the body's actually geared up to deal with negativity. But if we can do positivity, then the brain has to work a little bit harder. Hence, the thinking system, the creative side, then come into being, and we don't be, then get a lazy brain. And that's why we need to have these kind of exercises. So one thing I wanted to say, Sue, is that why are we, you and I sitting inside? Why are we not sitting outside, actually uh, Skyping outside, listening to the birds, listening to whatever else there is? Here we're all cooped up in this little office. So why not do that? That is creating an open thinking uh, mind. And maybe some of the questions that you're asking me might, by sitting outside, might be a little different than sitting inside. Mm, that is so true. And I know in one of the papers that you wrote, you actually said about how we need to look at, at how we can control the negativity and our, our thoughts by going uh, all over the place. And, and you did say take frequent breaks from social media. You talk a lot about social media, actually, and the stress on it. And um, I'm just busy looking for the one uh, yeah, here it is. You wrote a digital wellness, avoiding technological distractions. Now, I mean, this was a, a, a unbelievable because you say again, and you have said now, uh, how the overload dramatically affects our concentration and our focusing levels. And you talk about the, the this neuroprocess, which is called neuroplasticity. Today I'm finding my S is difficult. Just tell me a bit about the neuroplasticity of the brain. Well, our brain can change. Um, if we don't use the brain quite simply, it's, not, it's going to be lazy. And uh, we can, can reconnect the brain quite simply. Um, so what we need to do is to inspire and, and ignite the brain into thinking patterns. Um, so if we look at Da Vinci, for example, and we look at his, his six uh, aspects of it, we have what we call change the thinking pattern, connect the unconnected, independent creative thinking, observation, uncertainty, creative imagination and versus logic thinking. If we use those six aspects that he talks about, we will actually help the brain 
to rewire itself and to start thinking for itself. Instead Just go through those once more. Change the thinking pattern. Connect the unconnected. Independent creative thinking. Observation. Uncertainty. Creative imagination versus logic thinking. So all of that can definitely be used in this time of chaos, quite honestly. Correct, and, and this is what I'm advocating, in time, especially in times of uncertainty. And uncertainty is one of the drivers of, of stress. And this is, is a really serious situation where we're living in this uncertainty, but we need to also button down certain aspects of it. And hence you're asking how the brain can do that. And the brain can do that by using those six Da Vinci old uh, lessons uh, that he tells us about. And then we will be in a position that we can actually continue to rewire the brain. And if I may, this goes to the age of people. So some people who've been in a position, they come to the age of 65, they now have to retire. So you have to have a choice. Are you retiring and you're going to think that you're now going to just sit back and enjoy life and just carry on? No. 65 is the beginning of a new genesis of to ignite your brain again and look for how you're going to move forward from the age of 65.1 day mm-hmm. and see what is out there. Now you have a wonderful opportunity of actually using your strengths and your values and to grow and start maybe your another little business or a passion or a hobby that you loved. And unfortunately, those people who actually retire after four years or five years, they pass on. Why? Because they haven't stimulated the brain. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the problems that we have. So the aging brain, we all get older as we go along. We've got to continually do this. But we've got to look at abstract things to do. And the abstract is not just the mind. It's abstract of physical, psychological, emotional, behavioral, and spiritual, Mm -hmm. human spiritual. Absolutely. Those connections. And I think what often happens in the... In people who retire, especially if they've been in business, they are so, as you say, focused on the one area that they have forgotten to actually grow any other area in their lives, perhaps the spirituality part of it, or even hobbies. So the creativity has only gone into building a business, but not into anything else which stimulates them in a different way. And I have noticed this with friends who have retired but have got other hobbies, whether it's art, photography, um, nature, whatever it might be. They they seem to – quite a few of them have also left to go and live in other countries like Israel and what have you, but they've they've had new lives. They've got new lives in that, which is exciting to see. And I think it's also another thing that Leonardo da Vinci did say, which I was just thinking about. He says, learn how to see. Realize that everything connects to everything else. And I think that is something that is often lost when we focus on one thing, whether it's building a business, whether it's running a home, whatever it is, or whether it's in the pandemic right now, focusing on that one thing, forgetting to look at everything else and everything that does connect us on a mind, body, spirit um, realm. If we can go a little bit deeper, it's what I call sensory intelligence. So you talk about sight, but all of our senses are interconnected. And if any one of them are out of sync or out of balance, it won't work. So sight is one thing, 
uh, hearing, our touching, all of those senses are very important to align with each other. And not only the aged, but with everybody. If our senses are, are out of line, out of sync, it's not going to work. Because then the brain then focuses on just the sight. Mm-hmm. So if it becomes the ears, then musicians, for example, uh, they have um, extra hearing, if you want to call it that. They're more susceptible to hearing music more than anything else. But maybe their sight isn't so good. Those who are orators are, are, can speak and talk away like you don't know. But what about the other senses? So we have to have the balance of senses in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I always advocate is always having a, a sensory balanced environment. So as I'm talking to you right now, I have a beautiful fragrance in my room. And and now I'm able to clear my mind and to think about that or, or just have that. Um, the lighting, is it good? Yes, it's good. So all of these senses are so very important. And hence, when I spoke about why don't we speak outside, can you imagine us being all these distractions, but they are good distractions to have? So, for example, if we sat outside, would you take your shoes off and would you actually have your feet on the grass? Mm-hmm. And wouldn't that be a lovely feeling? So all of these things are interconnected of the sensory, which I believe is so very, very important. And Leonardo da Vinci also talks about this, about our sensory connections. And that's something that you, you do speak about, the sensory and I actually, I found that that very important. Uh, I agree with you. And I'm just thinking that I'm sharing my office at the moment and at home. And so what I normally would have here, which would stimulate, stimulate my sensory uh, part of my brain, I don't have at the moment because I've cleared it all out. And maybe that's why I'm struggling with my S's today. Um, if you would like to SMS us talking about S's, please do so on 34519 and or you can telegram us on 061-895-1019. Thank you. This is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. We're now going to listen to a very short YouTube, um, which I hope you will enjoy. Um, it's by Jean Houston, who's a doctor of psychology and of theology. Thank you, Craig. We're living in the most interesting time in human history. Other times thought they were it. They're wrong. This is it. The acceleration of time and space, the level of catastrophe and collapse, the deconstruction, the reconstruction. How do we prepare ourselves for a time in which yesterday looks nothing like tomorrow? Einstein said, the consciousness that created the problem cannot be the same kind of consciousness that solves. We human beings are living at a fraction of our potential. Who we are and what we think we are, I mean, the vast divide. My own background has in some peculiar way prepared me to train people to be adequate stewards of this most extraordinary time. What does it mean to truly love? Where is the soul? What is the nature of the mind? What is it all about? I didn't see or hear anything differently. All I can say is that everything in existence moved into meaning. And I knew absolutely that I and that plane in the sky and my grandfather, everything was deeply interrelated with everything else. It was a great celebration of joy. We are both spirit and flesh. We're both mind and nature. We are both 
essence and existence. You hear the call. You refuse the call. Not now, God, later. You know, maybe when the kids are grown, when I have more money, when I'm skinnier. Get on with it. There's so much to do. There's so much to be. We have within ourselves this vast capacity to awaken to the great cosmic self. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with my guest, Sean Waters. And our uh, topic is the power of why. Sean, what did you think about that YouTube? Well, that is the most amazing YouTube I've heard of for the first time yesterday. Um, the message that I got out of it is right at the end. And she's saying, inner magic. We have the inner magic inside of us. We have all of this bubbling inside of us, wanting to, to get out, to explode. But we don't call on our inner magic. We're always looking for something else. We're always looking for something else that we don't know. Just you, be who you are. Be unique. Be your, authentic. And use your own creativity and draw on that incredible inner magic inside of you. It is so amazing. It's so bubbly. So even if you ask an introvert, say, God, what, who are you? Who is Sean? And, and that is just really who are you? And how many people have actually questioned that and actually written it down? And once again, this is part of your strength of who you are. And so that is part of your ID. And remember the vital signs. So that is all part of it. And what I liked about her was that drawing on that inner magic. And she quotes Einstein. Um, Albert Einstein's another one of my favorites. <laughs> and uh, based on that uh, he, and his formula and about relativity. And, you know, we can always use these formulas scientifically, but we can also use them in terms of, of who we are, of energy. And I think energy is the most important thing about a human being and about a human being's existence. Draw on that energy for joy and happiness. You don't have to uh, pursue happiness. You need to insue it. So by mm -hmm. insuing happiness and joy, you will reach a kind of happiness and a joy that will give you and draw from the inner strength of your inner magic. I love that, Sean. And, you know, it's very much – I read something the other day, and it said, remember to live – while you're busy surviving. Beautiful. Isn't that lovely? And it's what you say also, and what you've been saying all the time about the sensory. And I see a message has come through from Mary Ann Alho. Uh, she says, I love the push for sensory experience. I have a kitten uh, that I use for my students to stroke and pat as they struggle with learning. I am a, I'm a, a learner practitioner, and my students generally are anxious when they are confronted with mainstream schooling and the challenges of being in a classroom. Thank you, Marianne, for that. That's uh, that's true, and right now as well, a lot of the, the students are battling with um, learning online and, and doing those. You brought out another paper of performance-enhancing psychological uh, skills, which you call PEPs. Won't you just tell us about PEPs? I love PEPs, by the way. Okay, love PEPs. So it's not related to the store PEPs, but uh, it is PEPs <laughs> nevertheless. Okay. So um, in, in one of my discoveries, I wanted to try and find a way uh, to help uh, doctors and nurses mitigate the risk of elevated stress levels. So one of the things is that um, 
before they come and they see a patient, and this can uh, apply to anybody, we first need to breathe. And I use the 478 technique by breathing in for four, holding for seven, and exhaling for eight. And that breathing is almost the pulse. Um, so when you walk into a house, we need to press the panic button, but we don't. We press the mezuzah on the door. And that just gives us the time to breathe. So before we go into a meeting, before we do whatever, just breathe. And that won't take long. As I said, that's a four, seven, eight. And that is the sequence which will work. The next thing we, we then do is we talk. So we have positive self-talk. Talking self-talk to internal monologue with specific content and structure statements. I can do this. I will be able to do this. So that's fine. Then we have to visualize and have imagery, which is the C. And the C is if we look at athletes like uh, Serena Williams, we look at athletes like um, really good athletes, we can then, in the situation that they run the race before they actually run the race, mm-hmm. they get, uh, uh, let's take uh, Usain Bolt. He will think of himself in the starting block. He will think of when the gun is going to go off or anticipate it. He then runs the race right to the end. And why is he successful? He's first of all competing against himself. And secondly, he's imagining it in his head. And that is so very important. So when it comes to a doctor, for example, before they see the patient, they can almost visualize what they're going to do. Or a surgeon when he's going to operate, actually visualize the whole thing. And surgeons do do this. They actually practice it and go through it. So the mind is ready to look at it. And then, of course, focusing. And the focusing can be a situation where, let's say, a nurse is going to uh, put in a a needle uh, for a vaccination and saying, I can do this. This is going to be my best shot ever. So the combination of all of those actually help to enhance the psychological skills, which is a way of focusing. So breathing, talking positive self-talk, visualize and imagery and focus. And those aspects are just really, will just put you into a situation. And even when you come home, you anticipate that maybe you're going to, what am I going to be talking about? Before we start talking, let me just breathe, hold on. And nobody's going to object to that. But we don't give us enough, uh, what I call a stop time. We don't put the stop sign there and pause. That, that That's very true. And, you know, Edward de Bono was also, uh, one of his um uh, creativity talks was about um, how we so seldom use our uh, our creativity that sometimes we have to actually deliberately do it and I would say that that's also part of this peps quite honestly it's using uh, our self-talk to say we can we are creative we can think in a different way as well and you know um, he also talked about humor and we uh, it's we're coming back to that in a moment. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Sean Waters. And our time is running out very quickly. But I wanted to actually ask you, Sean, I remember reading something that you said about challenging our belief systems, using confirmation bias, for instance. We use confirmation bias. And I was thinking about how defensive we do become about our beliefs. Do you want to just tell us a bit about confirmation bias? 
Well, basically, confirmation bias is when a person avoids information and contradicts a firmly held belief while seeking information to strengthen their ideas. So that confirmation bias puts that into a, a, a nutshell. Um, where we have these beliefs, or it can come from our environment of where we are right now. So in terms of COVID, this idea of we're going to become infected. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really very difficult because one person might feel, I don't really need to wear the mask, but I do need to wear the mask to help to protect other people. But it depends on your belief system of what is stronger, and that ultimately comes back to your values again. So okay. your values are based on your confirmation bias of the two working hand in hand, of believing and confirming in terms of what needs to be done. So those are, are the two things. And just I just want to come back to uh, the neuroplasticity part of it, Sue, which I think is important to raise again now, and that's a change of habits. And I think that in terms of our beliefs, if we really want to change, it's changing our habits and changing our old habits to good habits and to do that. And there are three words of a mantra which are always used, and this is also related to the, cogn- uh, the uh, confirmation bias, and that is acknowledge, accept, and your attitude towards. And the three A's will help you to do and to deal with this, even in your beliefs, in whatever you do. Acknowledge, accept, and your attitude. And your attitude towards something is how you embrace it or don't embrace it. And you know, that very much fits in with our, the power of why. The, the, you know, those three. If we actually do, do uh, say that. And, and you know, as you were talking about the pandemic as well, I was thinking about Invermectin, for in, instance, at the moment, you know, and, and you, you, if you try and challenge people, uh, um, on that, people are pretty inflexible. So you have the ones who totally agree with it or totally don't agree with it. And um, and then you have the others who are reluctant to take a, a, a stand for fear of being wrong or disliked. So they're not even asking the questions of, of why should we use it. Um, and, and why do you think we need to question? I'm going back to that before we end because Craig is saying, oh, Craig's saying wrap up. Just can you just summarize why we need to question and then give us your um, email address, please. Well, why shouldn't we ask why? Simple. Why shouldn't we ask why? <laughs> why? Yeah. yeah. So why? So why not? What, what if? How? Whatever. So why shouldn't we ask the question why? And the more you ask the question why, the better you're going to understand what is happening. So you can even ask a question why. It doesn't always have to have an answer. It is just reaffirming or confirmation of understanding. So the, the why has two aspects to it. It has the why of why or why is it like this? And it's an understanding. Absolutely. And it's really That's so true. And you know, Sean, quite honestly, right now, life is questioning us. So why can't we question life? Absolutely. It's that simple. <laughs> Give us your phone number and your email address, please. My mobile number is 083-783-2949. And my email address is Sean, spelled S-E-A-N, at stresslessclinic, one word, dot C-O, dot Z-A. 
Thank you so much, Sean. I've really, it's gone very quickly, but I've enjoyed being with you today. And we will do this again because there's so much more to cover. Why should uh, we? would just like, yeah, well, sort of what? What did you Why say? Why shouldn't we? <laughs> no, I was deliberately questioning you there. Um, we go, there's actually a very short song that I've got that's coming up and it's just so beautiful. Uh, I hope you all enjoy it. It's, um, it's, it's also just about life at the moment and seeing it differently. But I'd like to end with this quote by Rumi. We know, we may know who we are or we may not. We may be Muslim, Jews or Christians, but until our hearts become the mold for every heart, we will see only our differences. Thank you, Sean, for being on my program. I wish you all health and safety. Keep your masks on, please. Sanitize. Just be well. God bless. Thank you very much. Thank you, Craig, and thank you, Bussi.